1: soccer show from goal. At age 12, she moved from Brazil to the United States. By 21, she was one of the biggest talents in world soccer, an Olympic medalist, and a star for powerhouse club Lyon. Welcome to all of us, the U.S. Women's Soccer Show. My name is Seth Ritalny, and as I hinted, our guest today is Katarina Macario of the U.S. Women's National Team in Lyon. We are very excited to talk to Katarina today. Also joining me, of course, is Amy Ruskai. As always, Amy, how's it going today? Yeah, good, good. I'm excited about this one. It was a really good chat. It was, yeah. We, uh, we went over a lot of stuff from from Katarina's childhood, her family's decision to move to the United States, as well as her time so far with the national team and Lyon. Just a brief rundown on Katarina. As mentioned, she was born in Brazil and she moved to the United States when she was 12 years old. Uh, One of the big reasons behind her family's decision to move was to further her soccer career because she felt like she had kind of reached the end of where she could go with soccer as a, a girl in her location in Brazil. So, She made the the difficult decision to move to the United States along with her father and brother, but leave her mother behind to be the, the family's breadwinner as a doctor. Fast forward a few years, and that decision really paid off. She won the Herman Award for the best player in college soccer two years in a row at Stanford University. Last year, she was able to gain her U.S. citizenship, so she was able to represent the United States on the international level. She made her debut earlier this year for the U.S. in January and the same month she signed with Lyon. So we are very excited to have Katerina on today to talk about her background and her her time with the national team in Lyon so far. So let's bring Katerina on now. Katerina, thank you very much for coming on the show. How are you doing today? Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm doing great. Excited to be here and for you guys to get to know me a little bit more. Yes, we are excited to have you as well. Let's just start with basically the last 12 months of your life because it's been it's been kind of a whirlwind. Like in basically the last year and change, you got your US citizenship, you made your debut for the national team, you signed for Lyon. You made your debut for Lyon, and now you've kind of established yourself as a, a key player for a, a real powerhouse team. And also, you made the Olympic roster, you made your Olympic debut, you won a bronze medal. Have you, have you had a chance to just kind of sit down and like process everything that's been happening to you? Like how do you wrap your head around everything that's been happening in a, a pretty short space of time? Well, it's funny because when you were mentioning all those things that happened, I
0: I did not even think of them, you know, just I guess like list it out. So, um, no, I, I guess I have not been able to really just take the time and really think about it. Um, it's definitely been a, a few crazy months. Um, I'm very, very thankful and blessed to I've gotten the opportunity to do all these things. Um, And I really hope that it's just the beginning. But if I were to be looking back and, you know, just thinking like, oh, how is your 2021 going to go? And you told me all these things. There's absolutely no way that I would ever, ever imagine this. So definitely very, very happy.
2: And I guess it all kind of kicks off with the FIFA clearance that you were waiting for and and hoping for. And, you know, you talked about wanting to play for the U.S. for for quite a while. Do you remember the kind of day and finding out that it had come through and and how you felt at that moment?
0: Yeah, to be honest, I was both excited and nervous when Kate texted me saying to, you know, come down to the coaches, to the coaches room because she wanted to talk to me. I was like, oh, geez, did I do something wrong? You know, just everything just kind of goes through your head. Um, and then I just talked to Blacko and he told me the great news, and um, I mean I just I just really could not believe it. It's definitely been something that I've been waiting for my whole life. Um, and so to have actually happened and you know, I think a few game a few days before a game day as well. So um, it was something that was so surreal and um, it just it just meant the world to me um, that the fact that I actually had the opportunity to play with so many great players. Um, that I had been looking up to for so many years. And so it was, you know, just finally getting the green light to represent the country that I, that I love.
1: I want to talk a little bit about your background because you were born in Brazil and you lived there until you were 12. Tell us what it was like growing up in Brazil as a soccer player. You know, Brazil is obviously renowned all over the world for its soccer culture, what was it like growing up in that kind of environment? And what was it like being a girl growing up in Brazil where the culture, I think up until pretty recently has been a male dominated soccer culture?
0: Yeah. I mean, for soccer, it was something that was incredibly special to grow up there and, you know, just being able to play whenever having that be like literally in my backyard. Um, or like whether it's like playing on the streets or like, you know, just at the beach, like everywhere really you have futsal, football like literally anything that you can think of, we can turn it into soccer and it was like an incredible thing. It was incredibly fun. And so for me it was absolutely amazing to be born into that. Um, of course when you take the fact that I am a, a woman, then it makes things a little bit harder. Um, just because, like you said, it is more of a male-dominated world um, when it comes to to soccer. And so um, it was definitely fun, but difficult at times, you know, just because I felt like I was constantly judged for for playing soccer as a girl, you know, like girls aren't meant to do that. They're meant to play with dolls and, you know, just do ballet or something like that. Um, And it was just it was just very, um, very sad that I couldn't do, I didn't, I was unable to feel comfortable doing the thing that, that I loved, you know, um, or I didn't have the support from anyone else other than my family. And so, um, unfortunately that's how we came to the, to the reason that I I decided to move because I wanted to be part of something that actually believed in the thing that I loved the most, you know, and I could actually feel like, um, People valued women's soccer, so um, that that's that's how my that's how my life went. But very very thankful to have gone the experience that I did in Brazil.
1: I wanted to ask about that decision to move because I think I'm correct in saying that the reason that you and most of your family, minus your mother, moved to the United States was to further your soccer career. So I wanted to ask, was that the main reason that you moved to the U S or were, were there other reasons behind it too? Yeah, there were definitely some other
0: reasons I'd say um, soccer was the main reason, like the biggest reason. But if you take into account the fact that, you know, um, education in the U S is so good. Um, and, you know, it is technically the, um, the land of opportunity, you know, and so that is really like what why my parents decided to bring my brother and I, um here because they knew that they wanted they wanted a better life for us whether that's for soccer for me or my brother who's into the performing arts um and just education in general so um it, it was just it just felt like an easy decision at the end of the day
2: what's that like for for you in that moment do you do you feel a bit of pressure moving like thinking that you know what, you are moving to, to try and further your soccer career. Did that did that weigh on you? Oh at all? yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, you know, it just being a twelve year old
0: girl and you you know that your family's doing this, really thinking about you and almost seeing you as an investment to like your future. Um, it definitely it definitely took a toll at times. Um, I mean I would think you know, like if I had like a bad game or something like that, especially in the very beginning, it was such a it was such a hard transitional period that um, I would just really get in my head and think whether we had made the right decision, whether I was good enough, um, you know, or like whether I, I it was worth it to go through all this, like being separate from my mother, like um, spending like so much money, you know, just to try to I mean in comparison to the to the currency of of Brazil um, you know, just to try to make this dream happen. And I, at times I almost thought like, Jesus, this, is, this seems like a little bit selfish, you know, like while I'm over here, you know, trying to like form a good life while there, there's like my mother who's still in Brazil and so many other people too. You know, I just, I don't know. I just, I, I definitely doubted myself, but at the end of the day, you know, it just, Um, you, you kind of have to stay committed to it, you know, and, uh, my parents were thankfully very supportive. They knew the, they knew the potential that I had and, um, you know, they didn't, they didn't let me give up. Um, even at times I literally asked, like, can we go back? (laughs) But, um, you know, they, they knew that all the, all the sacrifices that we, that we, that we were making, that it would be worth it. And, I feel like at this point in my life, you know, just like this year, that's been like, okay, uh, I guess all the sacrifices were worth it, you know? So it was, it was really great to come full circle. Um, when I found out about my FIFA clearance, um, I called my parents and we all just like cried on the phone because it just, it was something that was so incredibly special that we had been waiting for for so long. So, um, it was definitely tough, but I wouldn't take anything back.
1: When I was 12, I uh, I moved to a, a new state with my family and and I remember just going to a new school where I didn't know every, anybody and it felt like everybody was already friends was was just really really hard for me. And so I would imagine for you, Cat, that experience was like multiplied by 100 being in a new country, you know, not speaking the language. How hard was it to adjust and how much did did soccer kind of help you assimilate into uh into your new country? It was definitely hard to adjust. I didn't
0: really know how to speak English when coming here. Um, I swear the only thing that I really knew how to say um on the flight over was like my dad wants coke. <laughs> um <laughs> and so um it was it was definitely pretty tough. Like I failed my first few quizzes, you know, just Um, and I was so not used to that because I just, I've always like really liked school. And so, you know, it's, it's one thing to, I don't know, like not know English, but for you to like be doing bad in like all aspects, you know, it just, it was very, very tough. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'd say the one constant thing that I knew how to do was soccer. And so, um, thankfully, no matter what language you speak, it doesn't matter. Like we all play soccer the same way. Um. And so I definitely felt like that was how I got to integrate myself within the US a little bit more. Um, that's how, you know, I have made friends that are for life through my club teammates that helped me, you know, just um, they taught me English and like certain like little things um, that I did not know about. They tell me about Chipotle, um, you know, just like little things like that that I'm incredibly thankful for. Um, and so, Initially, um, I did not really know what what was going on, but i definitely say that when it came to soccer, that was definitely my thing. Um, And so that's, it kind of paved the way for everything else around my life.
2: You talked a lot before even in getting the FIFA clearance and stuff about how you wanted to play for for the US. Was it a difficult decision? Did you consider playing for Brazil or, or was it quite easy for you in the end? That's a great question. I think
0: that... It was a tough decision to make, at least um, when I was thinking about moving to the U.S., just because it did feel like I was, you know, almost turning my back on my on my birth country. Um, and so. I mean, it was like my culture, you know, like my whole family was there, it was something like I that's how I got introduced to soccer, you know, that's just like it's everywhere. Um, that's how I got the passion, you know. And so it definitely felt like there was a sort of betrayal. But at the end of the day, I knew that at least back back then, um, when I was making the decision, I didn't really. I felt like I didn't really have a choice, as um, there was not like the the support from women's soccer or that system that we have here. in like um, when you're growing up and you have clubs, you know, like before, like you have college, you have, uh, you know, just like this foundation that you can actually entrust to take it to the next level. And in Brazil, I did not have that. And so for me, it was either I stopped to play soccer altogether, or I go in and pursue it somewhere else. And so that's that's what I did. And um, once, I mean, once I came to know that all the good things that, you know, you get is being um, uh, a women's soccer player here, um, at least like everything that I had wished for when I was growing up, um, it became an easy decision because I felt like I felt like this was this was the country that was really like taking me in and actually valued everything that I cared for. Um, and so it was tough initially, but it definitely became an easier decision at the end of the day.
1: I want to fast forward a little bit towards the end of 2020 when you first started getting invited into national team camps, even though you weren't yet eligible to play. Uh, But what was it like getting that call up and, and and getting to spend time in that camp? Um, You know, coming from an environment at Stanford where you were the best player in college soccer you won the Herman trophy two years in a row you were kind of the the big fish in the small pond after a little while and then you show up at national team camp and you look around and there's all these world cup winners and gold medalists um you know what what was that experience like coming into the national team and were there any players that you saw and you were particularly starstruck by how how did that all go for you
0: First of all, I was incredibly nervous when I got when I got the call up just because it had been, you know, not only is it the national team, but also um, you know, it had been like a year of COVID. Um, and I had not played like at all with with anybody. I've only been doing like, you know, a little bit of fitness by myself. So I was like, Oh shoot, like this is this is not the best time to get invited or to go play with this like with these uh gold medalists and everything, you know, it's like I I just knew that I wasn't like my best self. So I felt like I was going to, you know, just like not show the best um not give the best impression to them. Um and so I was incredibly nervous before going in. Um but yeah, I mean it was it was something so special that um I just couldn't believe with my own eyes that, you know, like I was seeing Kelly and like Becky, like, you know, like all of them. Um, and just actually playing with them. And it was like so funny. One time we were playing five V five that it, it's like my first five V five in like a year, and I'm playing against the best back line in the whole world. So I was like sick. Like just, <laughs> just got completely demolished. But um yeah, I really, really knew it was great. It was um definitely, um, a good learning experience that I just knew that's like, wow, like this is a completely different environment, completely different in- type of intensity that like I-, I had been missing in my life, um, one for being COVID, but also, you know, just, um, there's nothing like playing with the national team. And so, um, that's actually how I knew that, um, how I made the decision that's like, okay, I think I need to consider, you know, going pro and like, not um i don't know like i had always thought about finishing like doing my four years at stanford and so um i was going to maybe do a master's or something like that um because i had already finished like all my units could graduate um right away like within like three years and and, and a half um so really i was almost just saying because of my love for stanford but after i went to that national team uh camp i was just like so torn Um, But that's how I decided that I I needed to go pro in order to, you know, just um, become great like them. I was just like so inspired by everything that they did.
1: All of us, the U.S. Women's Soccer Show from Goal. Get the latest news and views on the U.S. Women's National Team and the NWSL on Goal. All of us, the U.S. Women's Soccer Show from Goal. Find more U.S. women's soccer news and opinion on goal.
2: You made that transition into the dressing room of one of the greatest international teams in the world. Do you think that it helped you to then integrate into the dressing room of, you know, Leon, one of the greatest club teams in the world?
0: Oh, yeah, definitely. I think it would have been a completely different story if I had just gone to Leon, you know, and, like, not gone to the national team before. Um, Just because, again, like, It's a completely different type of professionalism, of intensity, um, one that I had not been accustomed to. And so um, it definitely really helped me, you know, just like set the bar even higher um, and really just like raise the standards for everything that I did in my life, whether it was, you know, getting like getting good hydration, like having a good diet, you know, like little things like that, because I knew Um, everything's like about a game of inches. And so, um, I'm very glad that I was able to experience that for a little bit, um, with the national team and like two weeks at a time or so before, um, really just diving into the professional world, kind of like living by myself, you know, like little things like that. So, um, you helped me a lot.
1: So you make your national team debut in January of this year and, you're thrown right into the preparations for the Olympics. I wanted to ask about your experience with the Olympics this summer, because it strikes me as as a little bit of a roller coaster for you, because, you know, you made the roster originally as an alternate, which is sort of a bittersweet thing, um, because obviously you want to be on the 18, but then you find out that alternates are going to be eligible for game day rosters, so you're given this opportunity to play where maybe you didn't have one before in the Olympics. You only made one appearance, but you go home with a bronze medal. How do you kind of wrap your head around your entire Olympic experience now that you've had a couple months to to reflect on it? I just, I honestly cannot believe it that the one time that they add the alternate to the
0: roster that I was like able to be there. So I was obviously very happy about potentially having that opportunity to, to be able to represent the U S in an Olympics. Um, but just in general, I mean, I was super stoked to be going regardless, just because it is an incredible experience to have. Um, and I, at my young age, it's something that like, I, I could not be more, more grateful for just because, um, I think that I have so like so much to learn with these great players and being able to just be there and like kind of sit back and not have the responsibility of like um necessarily playing like a big role in this major tournament really just like helped me I'd like to say would will help me prepare for the next one um where I hope to be playing a bigger role and so um it was you know just just incredible to be there to learn so much Um, and I mean, we also got a a bronze medal. So that was, that was definitely the highlight of my, of my journey there. But, um, yeah, I would not, I'm so incredibly grateful to, to have been there.
2: Yeah. And I guess some people questioned how much the bronze medal would mean to players, given the aim for the U.S. is always to, to win big and, and to win gold. Um, but what did it mean to you to, to get the bronze medal? Yeah. I mean, of course, you'd always set, you
0: know, the highest standard for yourself. But um, at the end of the day, a medal is a medal, you know, you get the chance to to stand on the podium, you know, you get the chance to represent your country and to just sit there and and listen to the anthem playing. It's something that is, I, I don't even have the words for it, to be honest, just it's something that is completely amazing. Like, if I think if it weren't in national television, I think I probably would have cried just because I (laughs) um you know it's kind of weird about that but um it's I mean it's something that I've always wanted to do like my whole life um and I mean any any person that that is growing up and is playing soccer or anything like that is their dream you know and so um I definitely say that that was by far one of my greatest accomplishments you know and um a dream come true for me um of course, now that I have the bronze medal, I I like to 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 get the other ones now. Um, of course, I go for the for the gold medal next time. Um, but yeah, no, it it was so incredibly special. And like I said, it doesn't matter whether it's bronze, silver, gold. Every like it's a medal, you know. It's it's something that you it's it's the thing that shows like you know you got to represent your country at the Olympics. So yeah, it was amazing. It meant it means the world to me.
1: You've played a, a number of different positions across midfield and forward um, for the U.S. And, and at Lyon, it, it kind of seems like you've been deployed as a general attacking player. Uh, sometimes you're a 10, sometimes you're a 9, um, sometimes you're a little farther back. If you had to choose, like, what's your what's your preferred spot on the field? That's a great question.
0: I'd say my preferred position would be a false 9. Um, just because I get to do a little bit of both, um, I would like to think that I'm a creative player, and so I, I like to be able to like set up my teammates or something like that, but also be um, be able to finish some some sequences as well. And so I like being the link to doing both. Hopefully, Black will give me a chance <laughs> <and let> me <laughs> one time. But um, yeah, that's I I like to think that that's my preferred position. but at the end of the day, like whatever he sees best for the team, it is what it is, you know. And so I would just try to do my best in whatever position he he seems that I
1: fit best at. Correct me if I'm wrong, but you've played a little bit of false nine at Lyon, but not yet for the national team. Yeah, I mean, I got to play. I got to play
0: the false nine. My second cap actually against Colombia, where I scored my first
1: goal. Okay, so,
0: the one time. <laughs>
1: I mean, if that's if that's not evidence that Vlaco needs to give you more time there, I don't know what is.
0: <laughs> I would
1: hope so, but
0: yeah. Hopefully he hopefully he doesn't get upset um listening to this. <laughs>
2: And I guess one of the players at, at Lyon that, that really talked about when you moved there, they wanted to to kind of link up with you from a from a great little partnership it was Ada Hegerberg, And you talked about how she phoned you up and you kind of had that conversation before you went there. What has it been like now? She's back in training. She's back on the pitch. and back from injury. Like playing and training with her and and getting to work on that relationship. It's been great.
0: She kind of reminds me of Carly, honestly, just like in the sense that their work ethic is just completely out of this world. And so it's just, it's great to see a role model, you know, like almost like every day, you know? And she also happens to be my roommate, fun fact, on a weight trip. So that's really cool. Um, Yeah, but she's just, she's just amazing. I'm so like honored to be playing with her finally. And to obviously just be learning from her every single day, like seeing the little things that she does, um, what makes her so great. Um, And I I mean, I hope that, you know, we can we can really spice it up the season and, you know, go back to being the team that we that we once were. Um, And, you know, just like really be big title contenders um, both in our league and Champions League. So I'm very excited for the future.
1: All right, before we get out of here, I want to do a few quick fire questions. So you don't need to elaborate too much. You don't need to think too much. Just first answer that comes to mind. Let's start with best player you've played with. Jennifer Marazon. Toughest opponent an individual player. Julie Ertz. (laughs) Favorite goal. Um... I would say my
0: last one. I think it was pretty cool. My my volley against Paraguay.
1: Favorite game?
0: Probably when I was at Stanford when we beat UIU 4 0 or 4 1, something like that in the um, Elite Eight.
1: And favorite place you've played soccer?
0: I'm gonna throw it back and say at the beach, just because it's, you know, beautiful scenery and it's just like Humble, you know, like humble beginnings type of thing. So, yeah.
1: Love it. Kat Mercario, thank you so much for being on the show. Best of luck with the national team and with Leon moving forward. Thanks, guys. Really appreciate it. Thanks for
0: taking the time to do this with me. Hope I can meet you one time in real life. That would be be awesome. So, thanks for all the support.
1: Amy, that was a uh, very interesting chat. I really enjoyed kind of getting into... Her background in Brazil and her family's decision to move. Um, what were a couple of the things that that stood out for you in, in that conversation?
2: Yeah, I think I think the fact that she was quite open about the fact she, you know, she did feel pressure about moving to the US um, to kind of further her her soccer career. So very glad that it all worked out for her. Um, it definitely has paid off. I think we can say that even at this early stage, and I'm sure it will continue to pay off.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, when when she said that she kind of viewed herself as an investment, um, that's that's a lot of pressure to put on a 12-year-old moving to a, a new country. And so, yeah, like you said, it does seem to be really, really paying off as, as somebody who now is kind of seen as one of the, the real bright lights in, in women's soccer and someone who's going to eventually be one of the most important players for the U S women's national team. At least that's what most observers would, would project moving forward. Um, I also thought in, in light of uh, Carly Lloyd winding down her career, it was interesting to kind of connect her, her two teams talking about Ada Hegeberg and, and, and Carly Lloyd kind of having that similar kind of work ethic.
2: Yeah. I think it's cool that Ada's back now and like she's, you know, everybody's sort of talked about, um, you know her phone and uh, Katerina up and, and getting her to go to Leon and things like that and um, yeah I think that those two could um, could form something ridiculous of a partnership at Leon when uh, when they get the chance to yeah especially if they got a bit of chemistry as roommates that's quite cool that must be so cool to be a uh, Adora Hegerberg's roommate
1: at you know 22 years old it's almost unfair thinking about the possibilities there all right well that is gonna do it for the episode then. Thank you, as always, for listening, and a reminder to please give us a rating. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We appreciate you keeping us going. And we will be back next week with another episode of All of Us. Talk to you then. All of Us, the U.S. Women's Soccer Show from Goal. Get the latest news and views on the U.S. Women's National Team and the NWSL on Goal.